the law, the priesthood, and the people. So after Exodus 15, the people of Israel have been redeemed. They've been bought out of slavery. They've been delivered through the blood of the lamb. They've been delivered by the mighty outstretched arm of God. They believe the Lord. They believe in his servant Moses. And God leads the people back to the mountain where God had first encountered Moses. He leads them to Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai. And there God calls his people to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests that will bring the nations to God. They are to be his light to the nations. And and to live as a holy nation, God gives them his law. He doesn't want them to wonder what they are supposed to do. God lays it out for them. He is their king. They are his people. And he gives them his law. (coughs) He enters into a covenant with them where they need to follow him as their king and as their God. And God will be with them. (coughs) And God will give them victory wherever they go. And God will take them back into the land of Canaan. And God will give them that land as their inheritance. The people willingly take this on themselves. Exodus 20, God lays out his 10 major words, his 10 commandments, which kind of form the heart of everything that he says in the law, telling them, you need to have no other gods before me. Don't make images and bow down to them. Don't take my name in vain. You need to observe the Sabbath day. I'm giving it to you, Israel, as a gift. You observe it. You honor your father and your mother. You do not murder. You do not commit adultery. You do not steal. You do not bear false witness against each other, and you don't covet. You are to be my people. You're to be light to the nations. And the people willingly take on themselves all of these statutes. They enter into this covenant willingly. They say, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses takes blood, tosses it on the people, says, this is the blood of the covenant. You have entered into this covenant with the Lord. And, And then God, before they leave Sinai, God wants them to be able to to meet with him. He doesn't want to meet outside the camp. He wants to meet inside the camp. He wants to be in the center of the camp. He wants to be in the center of their lives. And so he tells them to build him a tent that he can dwell in. But it's going to be hard for him to be able to dwell in the midst of a sinful people. We've already, you already see by the time they get to Sinai that this is a complaining people. They're not going to be perfect people. Nobody's perfect. And so God, in order to dwell with them, with sinners, needs to to deal with their sin. And so how's that going to happen? Because the payment for sin is death. God institutes clearly a sacrificial system by which the people can offer animals in the place, innocent animals in their own place and kill the animals and shed their blood so that God will forgive them of what they've done. And in order to do that, they're going to need a priesthood. They're going to need holy priests. So they're supposed to be a kingdom of priests for like all the nations, but they need priests themselves to bring them to God. And so God takes some of the people from Aaron's family, from the tribe of Levi, says, you're going to be my priest and you're going to offer these sacrifices in this way so that the people can meet with me so that I can dwell in the midst of the people. And so all of this stuff happens. They build the tent, they institute the the priesthood, they start offering the sacrifices. But what you realize is that the priests themselves are deficient and defective. You see this in clear ways, like when Aaron, Moses' own brother, the high priest, the greatest priest in Israel, actually leads the people into idolatry. It's one of the first things that that he does as God is giving these laws. Uh, Later, Aaron's sons, 
Nadab and Abihu die because they don't follow the law. The priesthood itself is defective. And yet, this is God's plan, at least at this point, to be able to bring a sinful people into his presence so that he can dwell in the camp with them. Eventually, the tent is completed, the priests are set up, and the people are finally ready to leave Sinai. But before they leave, God orders their calendar and he gives them a special day. One day in the, that will be different than all other days of the year. It'll be called the Day of Atonement. And it is a day when God will take care of the sins of the high priest as he offers a sacrifice for himself. And then the high priest will be able to offer a sacrifice for the people so that God's wrath will turn away from the people on that day. And their sins will be forgiven. And then they'll take this other animal that's still alive and the high priest will put his hands on that and confess over that live animal all the sins of all the people and they'll send that animal away with the sins. It's a picture sending the animal away with the sins so that the people on that day, the Day of Atonement, are cleansed. And they'll do that every year because they'll have to keep doing it every year. But on that day, they'll be cleansed from their sins and they'll be able to be God's people in fellowship with him. Well, eventually it is time to leave Mount Sinai. And so in Numbers chapter 11 or so, they, they 10 and 11, they're, re- they're ready to, to set out. And as soon as they set out, Numbers 11, the people start complaining. They've been at Sinai for a year or so, and they start complaining. They complain about the food. They complain about the leadership. They complain about water. They complain about everything. And God judges them and judges them. But eventually, he leads them right up to the brink of the promised land. They send in spies to spy out the land to see what it's like. And it is everything God has promised it would be. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. But it's a land with giants. It's a land where they feel like they're grasshoppers in the sight of the people. And they're never going to be able to to win. That's how 10 of the 12 spies feel about it. Two are saying, God will be with us. We'll make it. We'll be able to win. But the 10 bad spies convince the people not to go. They turn their backs in unbelief on the Lord and against his servant Moses and Aaron. And God decrees, he's angry with that generation, and he decrees you will die in the wilderness. None of you who are over 20 years old, who have not believed, will enter into that land. And so they're condemned to die in the wilderness. And for the next 40 years, they wander around in the wilderness, waiting, all the people are just waiting for the older folks to die. Because none of them's getting in. Even Moses and Aaron, are not going to get in. They rebel too in unbelief. None of them is going to get in except for the two good spies, Joshua and Caleb. <clears throat> but even in that n- terrible background with, the, with death everywhere in the wilderness, God has not forgotten his promises. God is completely committed to still raise up the people of Israel and to raise up from Israel someone who will rule the nations.